Shavuatov. Today we'll be studying the tenth chapter of Hilchotum Atmet. This chapter will deal with the subject of Bet Haperas. Um, and I just like to point out that sometimes, especially while we're studying these very difficult and dense Pirakim of uh, of Sefer Tahura. The chapters don't seem to be uh, the most organized, but Harambam is one of the most precise and organized authors uh, in the entire corpus of Jewish literature. And the chap there's al- always um, an internal organization uh, to the chapters. And before starting this chapter, I'd just like to point out the organization uh, that Harambam presents to us in Perek Asiri. This chapter will first define Beta Peras, then define the different types of Beta Peras, uh, then Harambam will go into the general uses of Beta Peras, uh, then uh, more specifically walking in Beta Peras, and then to top it all off, um, Harambam will close the chapter with how to make Beta Peras uh, Tahor. And with that, we'll begin Perek uh, Asiri, and I just like to point that out, um, and hope that everybody who's listening to these chapters and studying them keeps it keeps the organization of Harambam of these chap of the, in, the of the internal organization of these chapters in mind. Halacha Aleph, Ezo Hihu Beta Peras. What what do we mean when we say Beta Peras, and what exactly is Beta Peras? bo. It is a place where a grave was plowed over. Because a place that that a field or a place that a, that a grave was plowed over, the bones were uh, crushed into the earth and into the dirt of the field in the area that it, that we're speaking about, and the bones when it was plowed were scattered uh, across the field. So for example, you can imagine a battlefield or a mass grave site uh, that was eventually plowed and obviously the bones were, were scattered across uh, the area where uh, where it was where 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 it was plowed and hahamim decreed in that this type of area is tum'ah and that a field that a grave was plowed over is tameh so obviously the tum'ah beta peras is midrabanan even if the the plowing was over a coffin and even if the even if the coffin or the corpse was deep under um, large or small rocks and even if there are two stories between the coffin and the surface since since the the since that area with the grave was plowed, this makes this field in this area a beta peras. Ad beta peras. How large is the area of beta peras? Beta peras is 100 ama by 100 ama from the place of the grave. Halacha bet. 
שאין, הרי הוא בית הפרס, ועפרו מטמא במגע ובמסע, כמו שביארנו, ואינו מטמא באוהל, וכן המאהיל על בית הפרס הזה טהור. Any square that is an area in which four סאה of grain can be planted in, the, in, in this area, which is also an area of 50 אמה ב-50 אמה, as we discussed, if anybody remembers, in הלכות שבת פרק ט"ז. So, this area is, um, is Beta Peras, and its earth and dust is imparts Tum'ah by Maga and Masa, as we discussed in Perek Bet, and does not uh, impart Tum'ah Be'ohel. So to somebody who stands over Beta Peras is Tahor and does not become Tameh. Somebody who began to, began to plow uh, the, where, the, where the grave is and was plowing and continued to plow. And before he finished plowing um, 100 amot, he stopped and he shook out the plow. Uh, when, by doing this, he shakes out what he plowed, uh, including the kever. Or if he knocked the plow against a rock or against a fence, which again shakes out what, was, what is in the plow, namely the kever. Until that point is what he makes beta uh, peras, and this area is beta peras. And the remaining area that he continues to plow after he shakes out his plow or knocks his plow against the rock or the fence, the rest is tahor. Because he didn't reach the outside of this area while continuing to plow and while continuing to carry the kever and whatever is contained in the kever. If he plowed about 50 amot or more, And then he continued to plow um, until he completed 100 amot. Um, the entire area is beta peras because we assumed that he didn't shake out the plow. So if you plow 50, uh, 50 amot um, and obviously over a kever, um, and then you stop and then you continue to plow, that entire area is... Um, is beta peras because again we, we assume you didn't shake out the plow to shake out the, the kever in the atamot if you if a person um, was plowing and he went outside continued to plow outside of a hundred amot if um, we, we say that The area within the 100 amot is beta peras, but outside the 100 amot is tahor, because we assume that the bones in a grave won't be carried for more than 100 amot from where, you, from where, from where the grave is. Halachadad, shehen adam, shehen We assume that buried bones are human bones because typically um, the bones of humans uh, are buried, um, which is not the case with, for example, bones of animals. Uh, and so we assume that the bones of um, that buried bones are human bones until uh, or unless 
it is known that they are animal bones. And on on the flip side, the uh, the assumption that we have for bones that are exposed and bones that are not buried are that they belong to animals until we know uh, that they belong to uh, to a, to a human and that bones are of a human. If there is a ditch or a trench that is filled with human bones, and here note that we're talking about human bones, not a kever, or if there were bones, um, there were human bones that were piled on the ground, and these bones were plowed together with a field, or if um, if if a field was plowed in which a grave was lost in it and we don't know where the grave is this does not make this area a beta piras because hahamim only decreed tum'ah on a field that a grave was definitely in it, and we know for sure that the grave was plowed together with the field. So to somebody who plows a field, um, who plows a corpse together with a field, this does not make because this is not something that is at all common. Chachamim only made this gezera only in regards to a grave that was plowed together with a field, not, for example, a corpse, um, a, a bare corpse that, that is in a field. Because this was more common, uh, because this is something that was common. Um, the keve that was neherash, the the a grave that was that was plowed, as opposed to, um, the, as opposed to to what we des- described uh, earlier. Halachah, ha horish da kever besadesh ena shelo, ena oser bet haperas she ena adam oser davar she ena shelo. If somebody was plowing um, and plowed a grave in a field that be- did not belong to him, this does not make beta peras because because you you cannot cause something that that does not belong to you to become asur afilu shutaf o aris o apitropos eno ose bet haperas even a partner or a sharecropper or a guardian does not, cannot make um a beta peras harash kever besadesh lo vishla havero ke ahat shlo ose bet haperas vishla havero eno ose bet Haperas. If if you um, plowed a grave in your field, and uh, you continued to plow uh, in your friend's field at the same time, you you make your own field beta peras, but uh, but you don't make uh, your friend's field beta peras. Halachavav v'nochri sheharash kever besadehu eno ose beta peras she'en bet peras laguim. If a goy plowed a grave in his field, he does not make that field beta peras because Hahamim did not extend the gezera of beta peras to goyim, and a goy cannot make uh, a field a beta peras. Halachazain, sade bet peras lemala, visade tehora lemata. If there was a 
field of beta piras that was above and a regular normal field that was tahor below. So for example, if both fields were, were next were on a mountain um, and beta piras was on top and the regular field was below it, and rain washed the dirt from the beta piras to the pure field, even if um, the pure field was red and then became white from the field above it, from the beta peras field above it because of the rain, or vice versa, that the field, um, the, the regular field was white and then became red from the beta peras, this field um, is remains tahor because a beta peras field cannot make another field uh, beta peras. And Chachamim uh, did not um, make the gezerah of beta peras only on a piece of earth as it is. And I just like to point out that this example and also the example of um, of a person uh, of of a sharecropper or uh, or a goy or a partner that uh, that plows a grave uh, in the area. Um, all of this teach us that um, that there isn't anything intrinsic in the dirt uh, or in the in in the field um, in that that causes it to become tameh. Even if you know for sure that this goy um, who plowed his field with the kever inside it, or if even a sharecropper or a partner plowed a field that was inside it, or if like we just mentioned, you have two fields that are adjacent to each other, and um, you know for sure that the dirt from the beta piras was carried over to the field that was tahor. It remains, um, it remains. The second field remains tahor, and that field that let's say the goy plowed or the partner plowed remains tam- tahor, um, and is not tameh because you have to keep in mind that for chachamim. Tum'ah and tahara are categories of law and that they aren't intrinsic matters that change the, the, the makeup the makeup of things. And this is something that Yaakov mentioned in, uh, in the introduction to Hilchot Tum'ah and Tahara. He, he mentioned actually in the, in, in the introduction um, to Perek Aleph and to Sefer Tahara and something that uh, we should always try to keep in mind when studying these halachot. This bet haperas that we've been discussing throughout this chapter. You're permitted to plant any tree in it. Since the roots of the tree go down into the ground. And three tefahim under the bet haperas is tahor. Since when the grave is being plowed, it's spread out on the surface of the field, not deeper than three tefahim under the ground. And we only plant in it plants that are reaped, for example, wheat, as opposed to plants that you uproot. Uh, so for example, a carrot is something else uh, like that, that you have to uproot it in order to harvest it. So, 
וחובר את התבואה בשתי קברות. וקטניות בשלוש קברות, שמה יש בהן עשם כשעורה. And if you did happen to have a plant, you planted a plant that the only way to harvest it is to uproot it, you collect the produce in the field, and then you must sift the produce using two sifters for, uh, for any typical plant uh, that, you need, that, you, that you uprooted. And if it, it was a legume that you planted there, you need three sifters because the legumes are typically smaller um, than other plants that you uproot to harvest. Um, and the concern here is that there's a bone the size of a barley grain ורפת הקש ואת העצה שם, אני אפתה ברן דשטרו ודשייף שקמס אחרי שאתה סיפט את זה, כי זה ראה שמה יש בהם עצם כסעורה, כי חכמים מידס גזרה, כי יש בהם גרן in the chafe and in the in the straw that's how you have to burn it and if we permit people to sell the chafe in the straw a person uh, may go and sell it and as a result he's sort of perpetuating perpetuating and spreading uh, the tum'ah and causing others to become tum'ah after he sells it a field that was assumed to be beta peras. A field he bet arbaat korin. Even if it's a field that can, that's a very large field and can produce four kor of grain, which is obviously a very large area. Even if it's next to a place that's very soft with mud that is not plowed and you can't, that area can't become a beta peras because you don't plow there. Even if it's surrounded on all four sides by a pure field, since it's assumed the hazaka is that this field is a beta peras, it remains in, uh, is as the status of a beta peras until somebody comes along and, um, and makes this beta peras tahor. The way to do that, as we'll see, is, uh, is coming up in the next couple of halachot. If a person found a field that was marked, potentially marked, uh, to indicate that there's Tum'ah in that field, and we don't know exactly what the marking, um, what the, what the f- status of the field is and what the marking uh, is, um, what the marking is for. Im yesh bah ilan, if there is a tree there, biyaduwa sheneherash kever betocha. It's, it, we take it as a matter of fact that, um, and we assume that in that field there was a tomb that was plowed in there, if there is an ilan there. And bah ilan, however, if there was not a tree in this field, we assume that there was a grave that was lost in, uh, in the field, someplace in the field, as we mentioned in Perik. And this is provided there is an elder, uh, somebody who knows uh, who knows Torah and knows Halakha, or a Talmid Chacham in that area, in that uh, somewhere wherever the field is, if it's in a city, in that city. Because most 
people aren't knowledgeable in regards to this, and they don't know that you can plant a tr uh, they, they, that it's permitted to plant a tree in this type of field uh, in um, in Piras, or um, to f or that it is forbidden to plant in another. <laughs> Somebody who's walking in Beta Peras on stones that don't wobble when a person walks on them or if uh, a person was riding on another person or he was riding on an animal that are that are fit and they're strong, this uh, this person is Tahor. However, if somebody was walking along Beta Peras and he was walking on rocks that were shaky when uh, when he was walking on them, even if he was careful careful and didn't shake the rocks when he was walking, he is tameh as if he walked on the actual surface of the beta piras. Similarly, if somebody was on was was on the shoulders of somebody else who was weak and his knees would bump into each other and he was walking very slowly and his thighs shake while he's carrying the other person or if he was riding on an animal who was who was weak and would and would and defecates when carrying uh, the person because of the weight while riding on on the animal this would render the person tameh and it's as though this person walked on the surface of Beta Peras. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit for the last part of this chapter, the final halakha, halakha yod bet. And we're going to discuss tihur Beta Peras, how to make Beta Peras tahor. Halakha yod bet, hamme tahir Beta Peras. First requirement in order to make beta piras tahor is that it must be done in the presence of two talmide chachamim. And how exactly does one go about purifying and making beta piras tahor? First step is that you have to gather all the dirt you can from the field. And you have to place all the dirt into a sieve with small and thin holes. Then you have to shake the sieve and sift out uh, the dirt of the field. And you have to remove any bone that is the size of a barley grain that you find after you sift the the surface of beta piras with the sieve as we mentioned and then the beta piras will become tahor similarly if you if you put three tefahim of dirt from another place on top of the surface of the beta piras or if you removed three tefahim of dirt from the surface of Beta Peras, 
Hareze tahor. This is another way to make beta piras tahor because essentially what you're doing is that you're covering the you're either removing three tefahim of surface from beta piras, which is the the, de, the which is how deep we assume the plow went when you plowed uh, the kever um, of beta, make causing the, the area to become beta piras. Or what you can do is you you sort of put another layer of three tefahim of surface of earth on top of the beta piras. This would also make it tahor. Natal mehesio echad shelosha tefahim. If one half of the field of the beta piras, you removed three tefahim of dirt from the surface, and then the other half of beta piras, you layered, uh, you put on a layer of dirt of three tefahim on the surface. So essentially, what you're doing is you're combining sort of uh, the two options that we that we just mentioned. This would cause beta piras to be tahor. And just a word quickly about why we require two Talmideh Chachamim to be here because it's it's very easy for somebody who wants to make his field that is currently a beta Piras um, it's very easy for him to sort of make it Tahor and to do it in a very fast and not in such a careful way but because uh, this is this this is we take the matters of Tum'ah and Tahara extremely seriously even though this is only Tum'ah Rabbanan we don't want to cause anybody um, to become Tameh and we want the owner of the field to be extremely careful um, with this with this process which is why we require two Talmiteh Chachamim to be present when the when an individual um, goes about making his Beta Piras Tahor final part of Halakha Yod Bet Natan me'al panav tefah umehesa Navenatan alav tefah umehesa afar mimakom aher lo asa kelum if a person removed um, from the surface of the beta piras one and a half tefahim of dirt, and then he layered on it one and a half tefahim of dirt from another place, he didn't do anything, and he's he's sort of cutting in half the layer of dirt that that is required to cover um, to cover this new area of beta piras to make it tahor. So this does not work. So too, if a person dug and cleared his field by hand, and while doing this, he cleared the field from above, obviously from where he's standing, he did not do anything. And this field is still considered to be beta piras. If a person paved his beta piras with stones that do not shake when a person walks on them, this renders the beta piras tahor. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.